I, uh, we're going to carry on with our series, uh, I've Got Your Back. As you will know that through the New Testament, there's a lot of one another commands. Uh, bear with one another. Uh, we're going to have next week uh, Zach and Betty, my friend from uh, Witchwood Baptist. He's going to be preaching uh, with us and uh, forgive one another. Maybe I shouldn't tell you that because you might not come. Um, but really, just an encouraging time from him. But we see this one another and the importance of the fact that God has brought us into his church, into the body. And, and how our relationship with one another really reflects our relationship with him. And so therefore we have so many of these one another quotes that comes through. Um, so tonight we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 5, if you can turn there so long, uh, Galatians chapter 5. Now Hatfield Christian School has this thing, um, it's a dad, uh, dads and kids camp out. And uh, I had my privilege two years ago to go with Hannah, and it was my first one, and I haven't been camping for a long time. I was a scout till I got kicked out. Apparently, there's different ways to get a fire badge. But anyway, um, <laughs> and uh, so I'd, I'd done camping. I was familiar with this, but uh, the tent we had was really moth-ridden, and I knew it wouldn't, so I borrowed a tent from my father-in-law. And... Uh, you know, Sarah says to me, should you go through the plans before you go? I'm like, no, man, I've got this. I'm sitting up a tent, what can this be? So I arrive and eventually find out a spot and, and find some friends, uh, Tasha's uh, uncle, uh, Paul Henning, and uh, so I'm going to camp out. I have no clue how big this tent is. I've never seen this tent. I've never put this tent up whatsoever. And we start going, and now the night's, night's getting, but, uh, you know, the night's coming, and it's getting darker. And now I'm trying to set up this tent, and there's just poles that just keep coming out this bag. Have you ever had a tent like that? And tent pegs, and ropes, and, and more poles. And the tent isn't in one piece, but there's like three, four pieces just coming. And like everyone else has got their tents all set up, here's this total sweat and panic on my face. And I'm from the south of Joburg, I've got this, I can handle this, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, and just kind of like this, <laughs> and, and what happens, I think people could pick up that I was a bit stressed. And so they just jumped in. The next thing I knew, here's the school principal that's helping me. Here's uh, Hannah's teacher that's helping me. Here's this one person grabbing a pole. Everyone's trying to grab. We're trying to balance and try to work this thing out because, again, I've got this. I don't need to read the instructions. Eventually, last tent up, but we got the tent up. And I was so grateful for those that were there that if it was probably me, if I'm honest, I've got that sick sense of humor, that dry sense of humor. Maybe I've been watching and just said, check this guy. <laughs> YouTubing it, you know, filming it. But they jumped in, and the people that had jumped in to serve. And so as we go through Galatians, um, we see they come to this passage, and, and Paul tells us to serve one another. Um, now that might be a little bit hard to hear, um, but what does that really mean? And, and what's the context in which he's saying this? Um, to serve one another because we're all called to that. Well, let's tackle it from Galatians chapter 5 from verse 13. But I actually want to start from verse 1 of, of, uh, of chapter 5. And it says, It is for freedom that as Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burned again by the yoke of slavery. Bear that in mind. Jump to 13. You, brothers and sisters, are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite uh, and devour each other, watch out, or you will destroy each, uh, be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Father God, we thank you for your word, and as we wrestle and as we tackle, I pray that you would speak to us through this. In your precious name, amen. So how do we serve one another? Well, firstly, we're free to serve. We're free to serve. The context of this, Paul's been dealing with chapter, five chapters before this, uh, chapters 1 through to 4, and you see in verse 1, really dealing with the law. As we know, Christ has come to fulfill the law. And he talks about, but do not be burdened, verse 1, uh, do not let yourselves be burdened again by this yoke of slavery. So as Paul's talking about abolishing the law and saying, I just ignore what was written in the Old Testament, ignore the instructions that Christ has given us, uh, ignore, the, ignore the book of action of James is going to be writing, you know, kind of thing. Is he saying ignore that? No, he's not. But what is going on here is the fact that there's the Jewish Christians that are starting to put a Christ plus gospel. And in this particular case, it's Christ plus circumcision. Christ plus this. And legalism that starts to slip in. And Paul is saying you are free. Why? Because Christ is perfect. His sacrifice is perfect. He fulfills the law. In him it is perfect. You cannot add to what Jesus has done for us. But we don't, sometimes don't we get to that. We carry this legalism. I must be this kind of person. I must speak this certain way. I must know the Baptist national anthem every day. I must be able to sing that chorus 20 times without taking a breath. I must be able to do this. And we start to have this legalism that comes over us. Don't we sometimes have that? We fool it and say, I must do this. God, you know what? I need to go do this before I can be good enough. And Paul's saying here, my brothers and sisters, we are called to be free. Remove that burden. Have you ever started, I've gone to a few school camps, and because we were from the south of Johannesburg, I think they added on another whole bunch of extra rules. But that burden of what can you do and can't do, that weight, that heaviness that it has, that we, we get in. And he's saying, don't let that burden you, because Christ is enough. That's what he's saying. But at the same time, he's saying, you are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. So don't go to a full advantage. My son said something dangerous to me yesterday. He said, Dad, we can do anything. Now he's got a mind like mine. Uh, wait, Josh, what do you mean anything? All right, they've watched a TV series called Floors Lava. Uh, the Floors Lava. I don't know why I ever showed my kid that. I've seen him jump between, he didn't need any encouragement, jumping between lounge suites over the bed, over ducking over a, a thing because his plain floor is lava. Dad, we can do anything. But isn't that sometimes that attitude? Oh, I can do anything. So therefore I can just carry on doing what I want. 
Uh, there's a movie where parents were quite strict and, and kind of uh, helicopter parenting over their, their kids. And they got this advice called the yes challenge. Just say yes to whatever your kids ask. Uh, <laughs> it's disastrous. And so Paul's saying, yes, you're free. You're free in this. You absolutely are free. Christ is enough. You're not bound by anyone. You don't have to carry that baggage anymore in this. But, he uses this word instead of but, rather serve one another. So he spends the first four chapters really talking about how we're not a servant. We're not bound by the law anymore. But he says, now serve, and that serve here that he's using is almost as if a servant kind of basis. Serve one another. Be bound to one another. That's what he's saying. So this is a bit weird. But what's he meaning in the context of being legal versus just having free license to do whatever? Well, he's not talking about a servitude. Servitude is, I must do this. The kind of attitude that we have on a Monday at school. I'm here. To servanthood. God has done this for me. I want to do this for you. Christ has done this for me. I want to reach out. I want to do this for you. That's what it's talking about. For example, if your mom had to say to you, I want you to wake me up every morning with breakfast and a flower. What would it be our attitude? Might start off on the weekend, okay, but eventually you're like, oh, I'm going to again do this. In fact, let's not even just ask that. Imagine you waking up, being your mother trying to get you up ready for school. Do you remember some of those days for some of you? All right, like, get up. Ah! I don't know if you were a morning person. Do not. But yet, when it comes to Mother's Day, which it's coming very soon, just a heads up. When it comes to Mother's Day, we get up early. I have no problem getting our kids up. I have no problem getting them to make breakfast. I have no problem getting them to do things for mom. Out of this love basis that comes. And this is what Paul is saying. Because we're free, we don't just use that freedom as free license to go do anything. No. But what we do rather is serve one another. So in other words, action and our caution and to prevent us from being tempted... Instead of just going wild and getting into our sinful natures, how do we counteract that? Serve one another. Have you noticed that? When we move away from a, a me-focused kind of thing which sometimes gratifies our sinful nature and desires, when we move away from that to a basis of, hey, how can I help this person? Oh, this is going on. Well, this is going on. I need to work on this person. It moves away from a me-centeredness to other focus. I find I struggle less because I'm serving one another. Paul writes in Romans chapter 13, and from verse 8, it says this, Let no debt remain outstanding except for the continuing debt to love one another. Whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not, uh, not murder, you shall not steal, you should not covet. Uh, and whatever command there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
Love does, not, uh, does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfillment of the law. What's Paul really saying? It's not saying that we abolish the law, we avoid what was written in the Old Testament, we avoid the Ten Commandments. He says we fulfill it when we actually love. When we love one another. This is what has happened. So he's talking about our very service needs to be driven by love. And so we jump to the second point. Uh, firstly, we're free to serve, but we're called to serve in love. Secondly, we're called to serve in love. I love what the good news has, uh, good news version has translated this. It says, as for you, my friends, you were called to be free, but do not let this freedom become an excuse for letting your physical desires control you. Instead, let love make you serve one another. Let it drive you. Let it be in you in this. And so love's got to come out. Well, how does this love come out? Like I said, the focus, but rather, so it removes us from our sinful nature, but rather to do this, he's talking about this love, and, and what it's got to be based here is not an outward kind of physical kind of thing. See, when we serve one another, it can't be out of obligation. Jess asked me to come help you at Holiday Club. Jess told me I had to be here early in the morning to make hot chocolate for everyone. I'll put the urn on. Remember those holiday club moments? Okay. Not out of obligation, but out of what is in the inward. Because Christ who lives in us is the greatest servant of all. Didn't come to be served. If anyone should be served, it should be him. But rather to serve. So if Christ is in us, it's got to become our very nature. It's got to be from inside of us. You can tell when it's fake. Just go into some shops that have got incredible salespeople. Josh, I know you're not like this. But that fakeness. Hi, how are you? How's your pocket? How's your money? Is that all you buying? <laughs> yeah? Kind of thing. We can pick it up. And sometimes it's often in the church. I'm going to be very fake and very greedy. Hi, because I need to greet everyone. Hey, how are you? Kind of. But it's got to come from the inside. Serve one another. Verse 16, I included, and you'll see most of the Bibles have broken from verse 15. But I believe that 14 is driven by 16 and says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Well, it's got to come from inside, and it's got to come with the Holy Spirit's help in how to help us to walk through this. Because as I speak about serve in love, there's some people that are very easy to serve. And there's some people I just don't want to. Don't you find the same? And so it's the Holy Spirit that helps me, who Christ is in me, who helps me to love just as he loves, helps me and drives me towards the service because of his great love. And so he helps us to serve in love. 
How's this service in love supposed to look like? Well, it's supposed to be done with humility. With absolute humbleness in here. It's not, check me, look what I'm doing. I, just, just please note, I'm helping you now. Kind of thing. Can everyone see this? Can I just tell you about the time I helped William out with his fantasy football team? Okay. Can I tell you about this time that I did? No, it's not about me. It's about building into one another. Humility. It's not about, ooh, I'm going to help those who are above me or those who I think are great people. I'm going to help them. But, you know, them? <laughs> I'm not going to help them. Then we tend to judge and put people on scales. Humility. It's Christ picking up the towel when the disciples are busy arguing about who's going to wash whose feet. That's Christ doing that. It's that love, that humility that should be driving us. So how do we serve one another? Because sometimes it's really difficult. Because we go to people and we say, hey, how can I help you? And people are sometimes so prideful. They'll be like, no, we're fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I sometimes do that. You find that's a difficulty. So how do we serve one another? Well, a few things we can do. Firstly is by showing acceptance. By showing acceptance. See, when we realize, because Christ is in us, and we, show an ex- we realize that we are being accepted by God through what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, when we realize that we, we've been accepted by God, when we realize and we get to a place where we accept ourselves, the fact that God so loves us, who can we ever determine and say that, that God can't love us? So therefore we get to a place where we're going to love ourselves, then driven to accept others. How do we accept others? Romans 15 verse 7, therefore receive one another, just as Christ has received us to the glory of God. So how we interact, how we accept, how we embrace one another brings the glory to God. So when we have visitors to our church, are we accepting? When people go to different cell groups to us, and they're not part of the group we've journeyed with, are we accepting? When people support other football teams and on the day that you're preaching and can't watch the match and they wear that very t-shirt of that opposition team, how do we accept them? By the way, as Andrew and the Mullers leave, please sanctify them with uh, the hand spray, please. All right. How do we accept one another? Because that is service. How are we doing as a church. How are we doing as individuals? How else do we serve one another? Listening. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 7. A time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak. Do you know what sometimes this world needs and people need? As a listening ear. People just need somebody to hear them out. It's an incredible opportunity we have in shops. I love asking people more than the question of just fine. What is fine? What do you mean by that? And how that's opened up more doors and journeys. 
by listening and being able to follow up afterwards and say, hey, a couple of weeks ago you said this. How are you doing? How's things going? So listening to one another. We're very quick to speak. We're quick to contribute. We're quick to share our experiences versus just listening to one another. We serve one another in our giving. Luke 6 verse 30 and 31 says, Give to anyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Just as you want men to do to you, so also do to them likewise. So in our giving, we should be running around and saying, Hey, how's this? how can we help one another out? What can we do? And I just want to say, this has been incredible just to be part of the pastorate team that gets to see the money that flows through the church into other individuals' hands. To watch how the care fund this year in the time of, of an epidemic crisis hasn't run out, but yet we've been giving. To see God's hand in that. To see how people have been giving. And giving isn't just money. It isn't just financial. It's giving of time. Hey, can I help you move? Hey, can I help you do this? Hey, can I help you with this? Can I journey with you on this? It's giving in that way, giving of time. And maybe giving advice. Maybe you're skilled and, and wise in, in, in certain areas or got certain skills in those areas. It's giving in that. I posted on a, a website on, on Facebook. Uh, there's a group of, of uh, people that have started, uh, out of, as you know, churches have gone into crisis with broadcasting. And so we're all having to really learn. And joined a group, and it's, it's guys that are experts in this field. It's guys that are youth pastors that are running around trying to set up broadcasting. It's various people. And I asked a question this week, and I don't go on that group and find out what question I asked. But it was so great for those who were giving advice in their wisdom. And just offering it and coming alongside. And it just gave me the right direction. Maybe your skill, the wisdom that you've got. Give me that. It's serving by our doing. Galatians 6 verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially on those of the household of faith. Let's do this. It's by our doing. Now, I want to just say a big thank you to the young adults that are here and not here, and some of the teens. Over the years, I've been able to be involved in running summer camp. It has been incredible to watch how many young adults have just jumped in to get things done without things being asked. It has been such a testimony and has made me so proud. Where guys just jump in and serve. Aren't we called to do that? Just doing, hey, I, I just want to do this for you. Hey, I wanna, I'm not just talking about ministry in church, but for one another. Hey, man, I just, I really want to go about this. Chris, I shared a, a few weeks ago, Chris came up with an idea and very soon uh, we're going to be looking at some of our founding members and going and actually washing their cars. He spoke about how Jesus washed feet and tells us to wash others' feet and how feet were the latest transports and Chris had the idea that cars are now the latest transports so therefore we, instead of feet we're going to wash cars. Lovely idea. Just doing. Just serving one another. How else do we serve? Also in our encouraging. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11. Therefore encourage one another 
And build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Encourage one another. You see how it's building up? Man, I was so impressed with William the other day, and William knows this, about when he preached. I was like, man, your best sermon yet. And it really was. I'm not being fake by that. <laughs> I openly will say it. But just to encourage him and to say, this is the growth I've seen in you. You know, just to, to encourage you one another, just coming to one another and saying, man, I appreciate this about you. Or I see this in you. Or man, this was so meaningful when you did this. But to really be spurring, some of the other translations will say, spurring one another. That spurring is almost blowing into a fire to catch it aflame. How are we encouraging one another so that their flames may shine brighter kind of basis so service we are free to serve we serve in love but we also thirdly need to realize that service can lead to great witness verse 15 (coughs) goes off very strangely it says if you bite and devour each other watch out for you'll destroy each other it's a bit random and weird. But what Paul's highlighting here is almost as wild dogs, when they have that argument and this fight that goes on, they tear each other to pieces. This is what was going on in the church. Instead of being in this human nature, servant-hearted nature, they've gone to wilderness. They've gone into being wild. And what he says here is that it will destroy one another. Does God mean that he will break down the church? No. We see God's hand on the church despite his followers. But he removes his grace from them. And we see the the lamp that they had just fades away. And unfortunately, this is what's happening in some churches. We, We look to snap. We look to bite. We look to take down. We look to tear each other apart. And churches have lost their witness. But how incredible is it when we start to serve one another? Because the world, the workplace, doesn't talk about service. It talks about standing on other people's shoulders. You know, step over and other. It's about getting to these other places. But isn't greatness sometimes in the way we serve? I never forget, I've been involved in a lot of summer camps. There was one particular year where we had a, uh, a speaker from overseas, a well-known author, and so I'm not going to mention names, and a, another South African guy who was a director of many organizations, well, been director of a few organizations. And the country, over what took place, the overseas speaker when given any free moment, would in fact sometimes walk off the stage, go straight back to their rooms, spend most of the time running on the outside of, of Kimberley, and there's only so much you can do in Kimberley, but every time they were there. But in contrary, the other speaker was standing in lines when they had opportunity to have food brought to them. They had opportunities for things just to be served. They would just stand. That speaker would be up late nights just talking with kids. 
That speaker would be watching, now you don't know those, but those who were at summer camp many years ago, you would remember these horrible uh, containers and buckets we used to have, and everyone used to wash their, their plates. And there was 1,500 campers all washing their plates in, in a few of these buckets. It was horrible. Here the speaker was washing his dishes, but others' dishes. Man, that guy went from good to great in my books. And you know what? I can't remember what he preached. Don't tell him that. But I can remember how he acted. And that spoke so much more to me. How incredible will our witness be when we're not looking to tear one another apart, but rather serving. The world will want something of that. What a great witness that will be so we are called to serve and that service is at a start on the inside saying god help me to do this i've written the key for this tonight and i haven't mentioned it much but basically what i'm trying to say tonight is if you find a need meet it out of christ's love if you find a need meet it out of christ's love Go serve one another as God calls us to. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done. You didn't have a conditional service. You didn't turn around and say, well, I'll wait till you do this before I do this. But you lay down your very life for us. The one who could serve came to serve. Lord, may that love that you've done, the freedom that we have, not it's not based in, in trying to do it to please you, but in response of what you've done. May we serve one another. May we be so sensitive to the needs. And may we have the ability to meet them, just to jump in and care and love one another. And as we do that, may your love be known. May your name be glorified and may many come to know you through the way we interact with one another. So we pray this in your precious name. Amen.